welcome to Art After Dark. My name is Maddie. And I'm Natalie. And welcome to our podcast. Welcome <laughs> back. Yeah, it's some episode that I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's an episode in the 20s this week. Yep. And it, <laughs> we're coming back after uh, last week, which we said we're going to do every other week from now on. So yes, it's been a minute for us. Very helpful. Yeah. It was. I had a big project last week, so. Yeah, we've just both been kind of busy, and it makes this more of like a treat rather than homework. Totally. So, it, it's been nice having the, you know, week on, week off. Totally. But yeah, how was your week? It's been a while. What did I do this week? I don't know, but it's been super nice out. I'm just loving the weather lately. Yeah, it's like, and I was just thinking about this, people who live in areas where it's the same weather all year round. Like, I don't know if they really get that same spring feeling, but here in Minnesota, you know, it's been winter for a while, obviously. So when the sun starts coming out again, like people in Minnesota are whistling, they're happy, they're smiling, waving at people they don't know. Like, yeah, it's just like a general it's happy a different feeling. world for sure. Oh, totally. And it's like, when it's winter, sometimes you feel like it's never going to be and it, nice again. Oh, totally. <laughs> it just gets dark at, like, 4 o'clock, and it, like, gets light out really late. It's just hard. And then all of a sudden, it and it's, like, light out, and it's 8 o'clock. Yeah. It's just so exciting. Ugh, I can't wait till it's, like, full-blown summer, though. Oh, yeah. I'm really hoping that this summer... It's a little better than last summer, but gosh, like, I don't even want to get into that because who knows what this summer's going to be like as far as COVID I'm feeling goes. pretty good about it, honestly. I Like, too. a lot of people I know have gotten the vaccine already, so oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know, if, like, a handful of people who have also gotten the vaccine, and I'm feeling a little optimistic, but it's like, I don't want to get my hopes up too much. Right. Because... Who knows? You don't want them to be crushed. Right. Like, I remember in early summer, you know, last year, saying, like, oh, Halloween's going to be normal, and Halloween wasn't normal. So, I don't want to make any predictions, but I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling hopeful, but yeah, like you said, I don't know. It's really weird, because it's, like, it's March now, and Mm -hmm. that's when this all went down, like, last year, when everything started closing down. Yeah. And I was just thinking about how... Um, we got sent home on this Friday in March, and mm-hmm. they were like, work from home for the rest of the day, and then, like, next week, work from home. And I was like, what? Like, we're, we can't come into the office? Like, what's, like, this is crazy. Yeah. And then when I left for the day, my coworker said, see you in a couple weeks. And I was just thinking, like, a couple weeks? Mm-hmm. Like, what, like, it's going to be that long? And that was a year ago, and I literally yeah. haven't been back to the office. <laughs> I know. To be honest, like, and I think most people had a hard time with, like, overlapping that year mark because it was honestly kind of hard for me to come to terms with it. Like, I kept thinking to myself, last year was, like, the last, quote-unquote, normal week that we had before, like, life as we know it changed. Totally. And... It's just, like, hard to know that not even a year ago at this point were we free from this. I don't know why that was hard for me to, you know, yeah, to no. go through in my head, but it, I agree. it's just hard. And, like, last year on my birthday, it was, like, normal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, like, the the month after that was when everything changed, so I was thinking, like, well, at least my birthday didn't get wrecked and yeah. whatnot, and it's like, well... <laughs> oh, gosh. At least everyone... 
had a birthday that got wrecked this year. Maybe <laughs> That's two. true. Everybody's officially had a birthday ruined yeah. by COVID. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a weird way to think about it. Yeah. I just was looking at, like, old videos that popped up on Snapchat from a year ago and thinking, like, you lucky bastard. Like, you yeah, have no like, idea what's about to hit you in, like, three days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I remember thinking, like, oh, no, there's, like, three cases in Minnesota? Like, what are we going to do, you know? Yeah. And that was, like, thousands of cases ago. Yeah, I know. I remember having a meeting after work, and they're like, yeah, we might not be coming back next week, but we'll keep you posted. And I was just like, yeah, right. See you guys next week. Right. Yeah. So it's just crazy. Yeah. And same with school, because it was, like, right around spring break. So I had spring break, and then um, when we were about to leave, one of my teachers was like, yeah, they're talking about maybe doing, like, online for the whole, like, summer, too, and I was just like, whatever, like... I know. No, it's not, and then we never came back. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy, but yeah, we said we didn't want to get into it, but yeah. Yeah, I know. got into it. It's just, how could we not? Like, it's just, this is our reality right now. Totally. And I know that listeners out there feel the same way we're feeling, and even though maybe you probably are sick of hearing about it, but... It's just a lot, so... It's nice to talk about. <laughs> I don't is. know, but anyway, what did you do this week? My week was okay. I don't know. What did I do this week? I, I honestly have just been, like, keeping my head down and working mm-hmm. and coming home from work. I've been hitting the gym, like, really hard. I, I don't know. I feel, like, kind of oh, that's dumb awesome. saying that. Like, yeah, going at it really hard. No, I but love it. I have been, like, you know, trying to become a gym rat again, and... Like, the first few times you go to the gym, when when it's been a while, you just think, like, I hate this. But it's not long until it becomes, like, you crave it at the end of the day. I 100% agree, and I feel the mm-hmm. same way about, like, eating healthy. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I don't know, once you, like, fall off the wagon for a while, it's, like, all you want is, like, fries and whatnot. But once you start eating healthy and it's been, like, a few weeks, you're, like... Yeah, like, yeah. my body just feels so much better, you know what right. I mean? Right, like, I give my body good things and I feel better. Yeah. Like, who would have thought, you know? <laughs> like, I I definitely have been having, like, a, a big turnaround with that. I've been eating so much fruits lately, like, we can't even keep fruit in my house. I have, like, a ton of um, cotton candy grapes right now. Oh, yum. And they taste just like cotton candy. It was my first time trying them, so. I've never had that before, but that sounds oh so good. Yeah, you have to try them before yum. you leave. They're so oh, good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ugh. Yeah, but um, I have been saying, because I totally didn't do great with my New Year's resolution, yeah, but same, same I've here. been saying that March was going to be when I actually started doing my New Year's resolution, oh, and yeah. so I actually have been. I've been sticking with it, and things are going in the right direction, so that's good. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm feeling like pretty optimistic about like the springtime and just like mm-hmm. new... New beginnings. New beginnings. We get, like, a start over. I just want to go on a freaking roller coaster this summer. Like, that's, you know, I just, that's all I want. Like, just, you know. I feel like there's got to be a way to make that safe, right? I mean, like, if you just, like, you know, take some seats away or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, how different is that than, like, going on a restaurant? Right, like. And then just clean it after exactly. they're gone. Yeah. It's like the self-checkout line at Target. Yes. You, you use it, they wipe it down when you're done, the next person comes on up and it's their turn, like. Yeah. I just, I just really want to go on a roller coaster and I'm really. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, Valley Fair is planning on being open. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sweet. 
Oh, well, gosh. I suppose we should that, actually yeah. talk about <laughs> stuff that people want to yeah. hear about. <laughs> so, what do you? What did you prepare <laughs> for me today? Well, let's talk about this person who died on this day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, today I have a mural painter for you. We don't. We haven't done a mural painter yet. No, we haven't. And gosh, one of the first, one of the first topics that I wanted to talk about when we started this was Minneapolis murals, which yeah. we haven't talked about yet, but I really want to do that. Maybe I'll do it next week and finally just do it. But Do it. Yeah. But, and I ha- that's why, like, I don't know if you guys have seen our pictures that we took before our podcast, you know, aired or whatever, yeah. but they're all in front of Minneapolis murals. Yes. So, yes. That was the thing. And yeah, I just... I just always find something that I want to do more. Yeah. But, like, the guy who did the Bob Dylan mural is, like, amazing. He's Brazilian and he does all these murals. But, yeah, we'll get into that at a different time. Yeah. But, anyway, this muralist, his name is James Brooks. And how would you describe these paintings? So, I'm looking at one of them and it's, like, mostly black and white. It's that top row. Mm Mm-hmm. That one reminded me of one of those psychology paintings. Yeah, like a a Rorschach or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, inkblot paintings. Totally. Yeah, they're very, like, all his paintings are very, like, abstract, I would say. I wonder I would what say the scale is. You they look, I mean? like, gigantic size. Yeah. Like, I can't even tell the scale, but I just, like, get this weird sense that they're gigantic. Totally. And you can see this picture of him, like, painting, like, part of one. Yeah. And it's, like, mm-hmm. really big. He has really interesting color play. Like, I really like uh, this one with the blue and that the red one? Yeah. and the black. Like, totally. Because it, yeah, I don't know. It's basically just, like, a bunch of colors. I don't know. How do you describe <laughs> it's, it's it? It's very abstract. abstract. Yeah. Cool. I mean, it's very, like, organic shapes, you know, very mm-hmm. fluid. Kind of almost looks like acrylic pore painting in some of these. Yeah. Totally like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, but this looks almost, like, representational of, like, water. Like, I feel like I'm underneath like under the water yeah, like looking like you're up looking and like up, the sun's yeah. right there that's what i was thinking too yeah but most of these are just like completely non-representational mm-hmm. yeah which i like the concept of non-representational art because so many people struggle with it but that's because i mean not everything should be spoon-fed to you and so obvious sometimes sometimes right. it's nice to like look at something non-representational and fill in the blanks yourself. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, I totally agree. And it's a lot about, like, color play. And in a way, you can almost, like, distinguish the elements of design better in a non-representational because it's, like, there's line, there's shape, there's color. You know what I mean? Because, like, the only – you can't really describe what you're seeing in terms of, like, nouns, like, or things that we see out around us. So you're only left with, like, the vocabulary, like, the elements, principles of art. Like, right. you know, color, line, shape, you know, right. contrast, emphasis. I just, yeah, I don't know. His color play is really interesting. I really, really like these. Yeah. I would totally put the, these all over my house. They do have a cool vibe to them. I don't even know how to explain it. You, you guys will just have to check it out. Yes, his name's James Brooks. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. And he died on this day in 1992 in New York. Well, rest in peace, Mr. James Brooke, and thanks for your cool art. <laughs> it sounded really weird. All right, are you ready for this? It's going to be yeah. story time today. Are you okay. ready for a story? I'm ready to kick back and have Grammy Natalie read me a story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I, <laughs> I just want to say, last week's episode, 
I'm sorry. Guys. No. I'm <laughs> just, just kidding. What the hell was that, Manny? <laughs> no, there's no way I'm going to top it, and I struggled with that all week long because no. I kept thinking, well, it's not going to be Travis the Chimp, so <laughs> whatever <welcome>. I do. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in your head for the rest of your life. Yes, so. yes. Oh, it's making me... Never mind, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something about Harambe, but I probably oh, would be attacked. Oh, <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, another monkey that had to, you know, tragically be put down because yes. it, it's lashed out. That Actually, was, he really did it. tragic. Yeah. Okay, you know, I feel Harambe... bad for the monkey in both situations, I will say. Because yes. both of them shouldn't have been put in that situation. Exactly. <laughs> so. And it's like, okay, Harambe didn't do anything wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, like, he just, like, it, the kid was just there. Mm-hmm. But knowing what a chimpanzee can do. Yeah. Think of what a gorilla could do to a small child. If it oh, if a chimp yeah. can to a full-grown woman, I mean I don't know. They I'm have not sex I'm just saying over like, 50 times a day. That's like in the wild. A lot. Just it's think, like why are okay, you doing that? Think about this. <laughs> what it Okay, so like if you had sex once a week, <laughs> For a year. That's 50 times. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, 52, right? You So, yeah, you would just be getting started in the day of a chimp. That's insane. <laughs> that's that's, that's too much. way to put it. It's too much. It's scary. It's a scary amount to be having. I wouldn't want something in my house that has sex 50 times a day. I <laughs> no. would not want that in my house. Like, if I heard that, I would be like, okay... Well, the moment I heard that, you know, because the story last week, the owner of Travis, Sandy, the mm. moment I heard that, I would be like, well, he at least isn't sleeping in my bed with me at night. <laughs> like, Oh my God, you're right. They slept next to each other every night. And she open mouth kissed him. <laughs> yeah. That's disgusting. That's how you get Osmosis Jones inside <laughs> you or whatever. And have that one movie happen with the... Yes. <laughs> I yeah. love that movie. Osmosis Jones. Bill Murray's in that movie. Yeah, and doesn't he so like cool. eat an egg that yes, like, I was, <laughs> like a monkey ate? And I was literally like going to talk about <laughs> like the sour rotten egg he ate. Oh, <laughs> he ate monkey eggs. Don't eat monkey eggs. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so anyway, I just wanted to preface that with it's not going to be Travis the Champ and nothing will, so that's that. We've reached like, the peak of our yeah. podcast and well, we're done. I, I need a little break from, like, something that's going to really mess me up in the head like Travis did, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> okay, well, hopefully this is a little more upbeat. It does involve murder slash attempted murder. Ooh. But um, it's, uh, it's a wild ride, so buckle in. I'm buckling it in. Here's your roller coaster, all right? <laughs> okay, so once upon a time... There was a man in his 60s named Michael Malloy, who was an ordinary man that lived in New York City in the 1920s and 1930s. And like a lot of others, uh, Michael Malloy would often hit up local speakeasies to take his mind off the fact that he was unemployed during the Great Depression and he was a major alcoholic. Hmm. And there was this one bar that he would go to in particular, and that bar was owned by a man named Tony Marino, who was only 27. And he was also struggling to make ends meet. And he owned the bar and people came, but they rarely 
paid their tab. So the bar was kind of struggling. Everyone's kind of struggling at this point. Yeah. It's the Great Depression. I feel like I could name a few bars like that where they're bad maybe about having the regulars pay their tabs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, Michael Mallow was one of these regulars. And he pretty much came into Tony's bar like every day just to drink until he passed out. And that's pretty much all anyone knew about him. No one really knew of his background or like his age really. And he didn't have any friends or family. Hmm. And he was Irish. So I just wanted to throw that in there. (laughs) He's Irish. He has an Irish accent, (laughs) Lottie. So gotta picture him. Yeah. So anyway, one day in July of 1932... Michael Malloy was drinking at the bar as usual, and Tony was also serving two of his friends, Francis Pesqua and Daniel Kreisberg, and they were trying to think of ways to get rich quick when they came up with this idea to take out a life insurance on Michael Malloy and then help him drink himself to death. And then when he dies, then they would collect his... um, Life insurance, insurance money. Yes. Yeah, okay. So since nobody really knew the guy, Tony's friends thought it would be, like, super easy to forge his identity. And frankly, he didn't have any friends or family, so nobody was going to miss him, is what oh. their thought process was. Man, you hear that so many times in true crime cases, like, oh, yeah, it was just, like, somebody on the streets, you know, right? easy target. Yeah, they Sad. thought he was going to be a really easy target. So Tony Marino had actually pulled a similar con the previous year, where he convinced this homeless woman to make him the sole beneficiary for her life insurance. And then he murdered her. Mm. So they figured they could get away with it again, and Malloy was a pretty easy target. So anyway, these three friends, they teamed up with the bartender, whose name was Red Murphy, and then a few petty criminals um, helped them out to accomplish this. And the newspapers later called this team the Murder Trust. So that's how I'm going to refer to this group. The Murder Trust. Yes. Okay. Here's what the plan was. They were going to con Malloy into signing three life insurance policies, which they did successfully. All he had to do was offer him free unlimited bar tab if he signed them, and he was delighted to. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did he not think, like... Gee, I wonder what their ulterior motive is. All they he wanted really to do want is me drink. To have insurance, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much, he would just drink himself until he passed out every single day. So he was like, "Yeah, sure, That's whatever." Free makes alcohol. it so sad. That means like he probably knew they had really ill intent against him, but he didn't care. Yeah, because he was obviously and like an alcoholic. the more this story goes on, the more I just love him. So oh boy, yeah. So anyway. So then, okay, so that's their plan. And they, they were able to con him into signing it. And then they were going to, once he drank himself to death, the bartender, Murphy, would identify um, him as Nicholas Mallory, a made-up person with three life insurance policies that he signed, um, and say that he was his next of kin so that they could collect the money. Oh, okay. And then they would split the life insurance money. So easy peasy. They already got past the hardest part, which is getting him, getting to, him sign. to sign it. Yeah. So anyway, um, Mallory was pretty bad shape already. Uh, he, like I said, is just drinking himself to the point of passing out every single day. And after three days of drinking basically nonstop for free, he was still breathing. And so Tony became a bit impatient. And so he started spiking his drinks with antifreeze and turpentine. And days passed of this, and it did not work. (laughs) 
So then he started spiking his drinks with rat poison. Ugh. Which also didn't work. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. So, Must have been really bad liquor too because he did, apparently didn't notice the difference in taste. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he's just so drunk all the time. He doesn't notice anything. Yeah, that's true. So then Marino started spiking his drinks with wood alcohol, which wood alcohol is a methanol that's been distilled from wood. And it's so strong that even one to four ounces of it can cause blindness, <gasps> permanent damage to your nervous system, and even kill you. Oh my gosh. So he started spiking his drinks with this. Damn. So this still didn't kill Mr. Malloy. And... <laughs> the iron liver. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, so Tony Marino was just like... Okay, whatever. I'm just going to give him a few shots of whiskey, get him drunk, and then once he was drunk, he just started feeding him 100% pure wood alcohol. And Mallow just drank it night after night happily, and he didn't even notice. Until one day, <laughs> when he finally fell to the floor unconscious. Oh. But, to Tony Marino's dismay, he started to snore, and he woke up a few hours later asking for more. <laughs> <laughs> So, the murder trust was pretty annoyed at this point that this just, like, wasn't working out like they thought it would. So, they decided to poison his food as well. So, for a couple of days, they marinated some oysters in denatured alcohol. And I wasn't sure what that was, so here's what Wikipedia has to say. Denatured alcohol is an ethanol that has additives to make it poisonous, bad-tasting, foul-smelling, and nauseating to discourage its recreational consumption. So it's basically used as a fuel and a solvent. Okay. Is that like isoprobe alcohol? It's like, like people more strong. It's, it's like closer to like turpentine, I think. Oh, uh, I'm just thinking of like, yeah, like yeah. the things you use paint remover. to yeah, get yeah. paint off like your paintbrushes. Totally. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. And so they just like soaked it in that for like a few days and then um, he just started scarfing them down between shots of pure wood alcohol. And the murder trust thought that this would for sure seal the, seal the deal, but it didn't. Um, he just burped and kept on drinking. <laughs> okay, I'm just, like, picturing the people sitting next to him, like, wide-eyed, like, yeah, you still feeling good, buddy? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just like I'll take a, more. He's having a great time just <laughs> drinking pure wood alcohol. It's like, like, okay, buddy, sure, we'll get you more. God, this is just, like... Like I said, I'm not a spiritual person, but, like, if any, if, like, if anything, like, this is God being, like, you have a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance not to kill this guy. Like, divine intervention. Yes, exactly. Okay, so where was I? Okay, so then, um, Tony Marino, the bar owner, he let an open tin of sardines rot for a few days and then put it in a sandwich along with broken glass carpet tacks, and metal shavings from the sardine tin. Oh, my God. And Michael Malloy ate the sandwich and asked for another. (laughs) He must be, like, just really drunk. Totally. Because, like... Like, you know how how they say when when you're, like, like, drunk drivers never get, like, any injuries from, like, car accidents because they're, like, so relaxed or whatever? Oh, weird. Yeah. I don't know. So it must be like, it's just numbing him to the point where he's like, whatever. Speaking of like drunk drivers, and this is like a little dark, but I mean, it is a dark podcast. Right. So I remember one time um, an officer was talking about how 
if someone who has been drinking a lot gets in like an accident and like their blood gets on the roadway that it literally smells like vodka or straight up like <gasps> alcohol because when your blood alcohol content is high enough I'm, you literally have partially alcohol coursing through your veins so yeah when their like blood gets on the pavement they smell the alcohol off of it that is so strong isn't so that crazy? Nuts? I mean, like, it makes sense, but, yeah. like, I totally never thought of that. So his blood alcohol content must be so high. Like, I almost wonder if he got, like, a small cut. Like, if... Is that, like, a morbid thing to think about? Like, if... <laughs> Probably, what, yeah, okay, like, what if you drank his blood? Like, would you get drunk? That's an interesting question. I bet you could. Is that messed up to <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. I drank someone who's drunk blood, would I get drunk? <laughs> it's a messed up question, but it's valid. <laughs> it's something like, to it's ask just really cha-cha. interesting. <laughs> ask Chacha. <laughs> things uh, to ask God when you get to heaven, right? <laughs> God. Oh, <laughs> uh, anywho. So they had been at this for months at this point. Months of trying to kill this guy. That's and the nuts. gang had actually put a lot of money into this um, <laughs> since they were paying for, like, a bunch of whiskey and these industrial alcohols and the insurance premiums. Oh, my gosh. So they realized poisoning him was just not going to work. Like, it was just not going to work. And it was winter by now. So one night they got him super drunk and they dropped him to this park and they dropped him on a snowy bench where they stripped him down and they poured five gallons of water on him oh. and left him there. That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But. If anyone can survive it, it's this mofo. (laughs) The next day, Marino found Michael Malloy in the basement of the bar complaining of a wee chill. Oh, God. (laughs) This sounds like a storybook, like... Like Like the man who wouldn't die. Yeah. (laughs) The murder trust had had enough like of the, at this point they, they're like why won't you die pretty much like I, awesome i'm powers. sure it was like a <laughs> <laughs> this is like a point of pride for them at this point like they already like spent all this money like they're like you know what you're dying i don't care like i don't even care if i don't get the money at this point i'm just pissed <laughs> off that like i couldn't kill you if i tried yeah. <laughs> just like what else can you take <laughs> okay so they decided they needed to take more brutal measures so they hired a cab driver to run him down. Oh, my God. So in the middle of the night, they brought drunk Michael Malloy out into the middle of the road. And as the cab driver barreled towards him, he jumps out of the way. Surprise. And the cab, <laughs> the cab driver tried again. And he jumped out of the way again. <laughs> but then the third time... The cab driver finally struck Mr. Mm. Malloy down. And for good measure, he backed over him as well. <gasps> oh. And then they ran off after noticing a passerby. If he gets up and asks for a beer <laughs> in this story, I'm going to be done. <laughs> okay, well, a week went by and they hadn't heard anything about the life insurance yet. So Murphy, the bartender, he called some morgues and hospitals pretending to be Nicholas Mallory's brother saying that he hadn't seen his brother in a while, and really he was just hoping for the news that he had passed. Yeah. So, which is like, why are you calling the morgues like, hey, is my brother dead? Like, I know. Why you would you do that? report him missing first. Like, I would call the police or something, but right? obviously they didn't want to do that because they murdered him, so. <laughs> 
Anyway, nobody had heard anything, and the newspapers didn't even mention anything about a man being run over in the street. So oh the group God. was just confused. Then a couple of days later, Michael Malloy limps into the bar oh and orders God. a drink. <laughs> he had, I'm done. <laughs> he, he had fractured his skull, and what? he had a broken shoulder, but he was still in good spirits. And he just wanted... And he just wanted the spirits. Exactly. <laughs> he wanted to go down to his favorite bar where all his friends gave him free drinks so he could have a whiskey. And, yeah. So, hell? anyway. Now the murderous, murder trust, their February insurance premium was due. They've been at this since July, by the way. Okay, so, so this is costing them some money. They've been trying to kill him for so long. And so they considered hiring a professional hitman, but it was just too expensive. It just, like, didn't make sense for them to do that. Yeah. But they considered it. <laughs> they were like, mm, at this point, like, we gotta do something. And now so many people are involved because now they have all the, the people dri- at the bar. Exactly. The bartender. The cab driver now got roped in. Yeah. Like, how many more people are going to get involved in this? Exactly. Yeah, so anyway, so what they did was they took him to Murphy's home, the, bar- the bartender, and they put a rubber hose into his mouth that was connected to the gas jet and then they turned it on what oh and yeah and then they like wrapped a towel like super tight around his face oh my god and he died within an hour well yeah that would probably do it if nothing else god yeah makes me think of seven because in that movie they burst someone's stomach with spaghetti to kill him like they force him to eat spaghetti until they die Oh my god, it's like Matilda. Which at first doesn't sound like a bad way to go. <laughs> but at the same time, like after I watched that scene, like that yeah, movie, it's horrible. I feel like you mentioned that movie. Like, I mentioned a that movie times, a lot. And like, I've never seen it, but like I'm always like, wait, You what? haven't seen it? Oh my god. No. We have to watch it. It's like one of the best scary movies oh, ever, see. in my opinion. <laughs> oh, that just got me excited because I love watching movies with somebody for the first time. Like, yeah. I got to show Jack The Sixth Sense for the first time, and I was just the whole time like, looking at him like, you just wait until the twist. He didn't like, know the twist? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's why it was so fun. I've never seen it either, but... Wait, are you serious? Do you know the twist? Of course. Okay. Oh, I almost got excited. I'm like, I get to see someone see the twist yeah. again. Yeah. No, I know, but that's how I feel about my sister because she hasn't read the Harry Potter books, so I'm oh, like, yeah. she read, she just read like one of them, and I'm like, please read more because it's so good. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, he died within an hour because they basically just funneled the ass into his mouth with a rubber hose. Anywho, so um, Pasqua's doctor friend, um, Doctor Frank Manzella. He forged a death certificate for them. He was kind of a not-so-great doctor guy. Hmm. I would like to know more about him. Like, what else did he do? I bet he had mob ties. Yeah. I I think. Well, like, I don't know. A lot of these names sound pretty Italian. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Marino? Tony Marino? Tony Marino! Yeah, it's starting to sound like Goodfellas, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so anyway... His doctor friend, Frank Manzella, he forged the death certificate, wrote down that it was Nicholas Mellory. I don't know where they came up with this name, but they just decided that that was his name. Hmm. Anyway, so, and on the death certificate, he wrote that he had died of pneumonia. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Pasqua was actually an undertaker. So that worked out for them because they kind of just pretty much took care of it without needing too much help after that. I'm sorry, but what is an undertaker? It's like a mortician, okay. kind of. I think of, like, the guy in Shrek that always wears the hood. That's, like... That's an executioner. number three, my lord. That guy? Yeah. <laughs> executioner. Oh. So those guys would actually, like, chop off someone's Oh, head. okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, I love that guy. <laughs> He's a good character. He's a good one. So, anyways, they go to collect the insurance money. Guess how much they got, by the way. Probably, like, $10. I'm going to guess it's horrible. <laughs> it's like, you're not, like, too far off. They got $800 split between everyone involved. Nice. Yeah. Was it worth it? I know. Like, I wonder what that'd buy you back then. But even, I mean. Look it up. What was $800 in the 30s worth see. today? Like. What? Well, we'll do 100 and then time's up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we could just do it. I know. That just reminded me of in the office when Michael's like, how many seconds are... In, <laughs> yeah. and she's like, why? And he's like, because I'll divide it and count to it. <laughs> it's like, what? In the 80s? Wait. No, in the 30s. <laughs> Whoops. It was equivalent to about, like, 1600 bucks. Okay. <laughs> That's, like, so bad. Oh, for $100. Oh, yeah, for 100 Okay, so I'm so bad at math. So that With times 16 eight. 16 times 8. A lot. <laughs> it's like over 80 Whatever. So they probably each got like $1,000. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So there's probably I mean, about eight people involved at this but point. But like $1,000 are money. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because I don't know how many people were involved, but they had to split $800 that many ways. Right. Anyway, so the insurance company asked to see the body to legitimize the claim. That, that's weird. I didn't realize insurance companies did that. I Well, I didn't either, but I think they were kind of suspicious. Yeah. So they were like, well, he's already been buried because the undertaker of the group took care of it already. Hmm. So the insurance company called the police then because they were like, why didn't anybody like notify anybody of this? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the police actually exhumed the body and I saw a picture of it by the way. <gasps> really? Because the article I was reading like had pictures in it oh. and like they were like they exhumed the body and then there was like a picture of his was dead body. Was it bad? Body. Like was it pretty tr- bad to look at? <laughs> I mean, obviously it, I mean it was like a dead body. <laughs> That's rough. Not no like warning either, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, I knew there were pictures, but, like, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, there he is. Interesting. Um, yeah, so they did an autopsy. Okay. And find out out that, sorry, they did an autopsy and found out that he did not die of pneumonia. Hmm. He had been obviously killed. So, anyway, they started checking out Tony Marino and found that he had collected life insurance from that homeless woman before. And that she had died under suspicious circumstances. And it didn't say how he killed her. It just said he, like, mm-hmm. murdered her at, oh my like, gosh. his gosh. He must have made it look like an accident. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, anyway, the five... Oh, so it was five of them. Plus the doctor. Oh, okay. So, the five of them... Okay, so Marino, Pasqua, Kaisberg, Murphy, and then Hershey Green, who is the cab driver. Oh, yeah, because that's right, the cab driver. Yeah. 
They were all put on trial, and the cab driver wasn't happy with his cut, you know, that he made from the life insurance. So he just started talking, and he basically told the police everything, you know, because they were like, give us the information, and we'll, like, you know, let you go or something. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, he just told them everything, and then Green went to prison. And the rest of the men were executed by electric chair. Oh, my But uh, Dr. Manzella was held as an accessory after the fact with a $10,000 bail. Oh, Because weird. he, like, didn't kill him. He just, like, forged the death signature. Yeah, true. So, but still, it's, like, Interesting. Yeah. So he went to prison then? Yeah, and I think he, like, got bailed out. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, but that is just, like... Oh, the what the the electric chair is so scary to me. Yeah, like oh my gosh, I don't know if you're gonna be executed. Like, what would you pick? Oh God, well, what are the choices? There's like hanging. There's lethal getting, injection. Lethal injection. Get your head chopped off. I've heard lethal injection's actually pretty bad. Like everybody thinks it's really you know not so bad, but I've heard it like paralyzes you, but you still have like feeling for. A long Ooh, time. like, sleep paralysis. Yeah. And, like, I guess it, like, hurts going through your veins. I don't like that. I don't like needles, so yeah, I don't. I wouldn't pick like, that anyway. I don't know. You feel it coursing through all of your veins. Like, that's, It's like, just ugh. shoot me. I know. But then again, like, none of us have ever gone through that, obviously. So it's like, who knows what it's even like to be shot. Yeah. Even if it's at, like, point blank in the head. I mean, what if you do stay conscious... For a little bit after. I don't know. I don't know. I think I just want my head chopped off. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, with a guillotine. That's awful. (laughs) That's, like, the worst answer I could have said. I think it is. But I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, because hanging would be bad, too. Hanging would be really bad. It, like, breaks your neck. Uh And, yeah, and it takes a while. That's the thing. I just try to think of the most instantaneous one, <laughs> to be honest. I feel like, honestly, I would probably... Maybe I would choose lethal injection, actually. Really? Just because it's, like, I can't deal with, like... Putting your head on the chopping block no. at a guillotine? Like, can you, I can ugh. I can deal with, like... I mean, I hate needles, but I can deal with, like, getting a shot and yeah. then, like, waiting, I guess. Oh, my god. I'd rather have that than, like... Oh my god, this is so dark. I just, like, the, honestly, the topic of just, like, execution is so wild to me. And people have different opinions about it. You know, we no, won't I get agree into with you, that. But, yeah. but it's just very shocking to me. It seems a little barbaric. Like... Yeah. But that's uh, that's a topic for another day or another show. That's an after <laughs> the... After we're done recording topic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, gosh. But, but yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> Electric chairs, though, were, like, so violent. I mean, I think it took a, a while, like, a few minutes for them to Maybe work. longer, even. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Ugh. Blech. <laughs> that's, that's all the I can make. Anyway, yeah. So, not only did they, like, not get all the money, yeah. they also, like, spent more money, like... <laughs> on it just like so and they got killed from it so like was it worth it yeah i mean and poor baby (laughs) he just was just like oh i just want to like a sad little drunk little guy and he just like you know was taken advantage of for this issue 
Which is so sad. It is really sad. And he just was like, oh, my friends give me free drinks. I, I love this bar. That's so sad. Yeah. I love this bar. My friends give me free drinks. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, honey bunny. Yeah. Uh, That's rough. That is really rough. Yeah. Again, but in we, a way, more upbeat. Yeah. It I don't just know like why. More like a, it honestly almost sounds like... A storybook, like, and he skipped right up after he got ran over and hobbled into the bar yeah. and said to the man, I'll have another beer. It was, like, like, a really long just... setup for, like, a joke punchline. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what but... it, I was like, is this real? It really is real, though. <laughs> and they call him Iron Mike or Mike the Durable. They call him Iron Mike. That's so funny because at some point I was like, oh, the iron yeah. liver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My body would take, like, one sip of any of that stuff and not survive. Yeah. I Like, maybe even after, like, some of the whiskey. Yeah. Like, drinking whiskey for three days, oh that would do it for me. Yeah. I would, I mean, I'd get alcohol poisoning yeah. within a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. We're short. <laughs> We're short. That's what you said. Yeah. We can't handle our, our liquor. We can't handle it. No, our tiny little bodies can't produce <laughs> tiny enough blood body. to overcome it. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. I'll stick with my, you know, two drink max. Yeah. It's cheaper oh, anyways. <laughs> Anywho. Anywhoozles. What do you have? What do you, I don't even know okay. at all what you're doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> about that. Um, I decided to talk about something a little different today it's kind of something we've covered a little bit before but also not like not exactly so today i'm going to be talking about body art and yeah we talked a little bit about this Mm -hmm. back in the earlier episodes when i talked about the evil knievel performance art chris burden if you have listened to that episode and he did all kinds of crazy things with his body for the sake of art So, I just, I really like body art, and I feel like a lot of people who, you know, maybe like art, but not so much the super conceptual, kind of more, quote-unquote, weirder art categories, they kind of shy away from body art, because what I'm going to be talking about today is pretty taboo of an art piece. I love it. I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait to show you. Um, it, is this like <laughs> X-rated or what? Yes, it's X-rated. Um, <laughs> I talk about some weird off-the-wall stuff. No, I love topics, it. I don't know where you come up with all. Did you learn all this stuff in school? In like, school, I feel like I'm not learning any of this. Oh, I like <laughs> loved my art history, and I read my textbooks cover to cover as if it was like I do a reading too. book in my free time. I just love learning about weird and obscure art things. Mm-hmm. Which is why it makes sense that we now have an art podcast. Yeah. So today I'm going to be talking about body art. And I started um, actually taking notes about one body art piece that involves a lady named Marina and a guy named Ule. And I started taking notes and 
their story is so amazing and compelling. I'm like, I'm going to have to do an entire episode on just that couple okay. and their body art. Cool. So I had to scratch that and start my notes all over. Oh my gosh. And but I found a really interesting body art piece to talk about today. And so basically, body art is a medium of art where the physical body is the main focus. And it's art that is created on or with the body. You know, and and a lot of times this is done by using the actual artist's body or sometimes they employ the use of other bodies to help create their vision. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes it's painted on their body or their body is essentially like a canvas. Mm -hmm. Like Skin Wars. Yeah, Skin Wars. Have you watched that? A little bit. Is that with RuPaul? I don't know if it's with RuPaul. I haven't seen it too much to remember, but okay. that's totally considered body art. Like, okay. there's a huge umbrella. Yeah, because that's what, what I thought is. of when you said body art. Yeah. And then uh-huh. I remembered that I had asked you before in a different episode something about body art. Yeah, because I feel like we've kind of touched on it a little bit. A couple times, there. I feel like. Yeah. So, like, yeah, some people think, and this is body art, you know, those like. People will strip down and they'll get in these intricate poses, usually Mm -hmm. with a group. And then when they're painted, they look like an animal or something. Yes. And it looks That's totally what Skin Wars is. Yeah. So if you're like into that, go watch Skin Wars because it's really interesting. Yeah. That's the, my favorite part of watching that is when it's all together and far away. It's like, oh, that looks like an ostrich. Yeah. And then it zooms in and they break apart and it's like, holy, like, like, it's so cool. You don't even, you can't even tell like where like their arm begins or. Yeah, like their fingers or it's anything. It's seamless. just totally it's and awesome. Each like part is catered towards the actual shape of that body part. So like if they're making the neck of an ostrich, you know, the arms posed in that way. Mm-hmm. So Maddie's showing you. Yeah. Yeah. I like am <laughs> such a hand talker. So if you can picture me when you're listening, I'm like going nuts most of the time on the other end. <laughs> but like, yeah, so they just, that's a big area of body art but Mm -hmm. it can also be done in more performance art ways and that's kind of like what chris burden would do he would kind of test the physicality of his body Mm -hmm. and he would have that be the art um so body art is a very like loose medium and um body art also like like i said coincides a lot with performance art happening is a term that's used a lot when talking about you know, performance art. Have you ever heard of that before? Like, oh, there's a happening going on. No. It's kind of like, I would say, a high art term that art snobs. Okay, because I feel like maybe, like, that's not what that really means anymore. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, what are the happenings? You know, but it's like, what's going on, kind of? More like some, like, just like lingo. Yeah. Just kind of like an event. Right. In general. So they used to call these things happenings. And that is where, you know, maybe there is like, what's the word when there is something that happens? A flash mob. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. It could be like a flash mob where something just happens in the middle of public. Or it can be completely improvised and not planned at all. Happening is just like a broad term for any art event that happens out in public as a performance. Cool. And so that kind of ties into the art piece I'm going to be talking about. And so basically body art is meant to be explorative of the human form. And it can involve a lot of other mediums like clay, paint, photography, film. So it's really like a robust area of art. And it's generally centered around like themes of personal identity and societal identity and gender identity and just like really 
heavy identity themes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when you're dealing with the human body, it makes right. sense. And so with body art, there's also this really big fixation on the concept of just like the relationship between the human mind and emotion and how to convey that with the body. Um, Like it's so interesting how posing bodies in certain ways can convey an emotion in us. Or even like gestural drawings. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you're drawing, I don't know, just... I love gestural drawings. Like there's a way to just like convey the emotion of feeling heavy or trapped or yeah I just find it interesting testing the body and and using the body in itself as a form of art because really you don't need paint pencils anything you can use your own body you know what you're born with to convey a deep conceptual art meaning right so I think that's why I like body art so much but anyways I started researching a few body art pieces like I said earlier and I got stuck on this Yves Klein piece, and these are actually multiple pieces, and they're called anthropometries, kind of a mouthful to say, and there's just so much to talk about here that this is the piece I'm going to be focusing on. Okay. So Yves Klein was a very famous and well-known French artist. Um, He's very popular. You've probably heard about him in most of your art classes, even in like elementary school, Although I would say this art piece is definitely not kid friendly. <laughs> I've never heard of this guy. He's really cool. Unless I might like recognize some of his stuff. Maybe. You might recognize him, and I'll show you a picture um, and kind of what he's known for, because it might you might recognize it. Okay, don't show me the one you're talking about yet. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait because oh, I think you might know him. Okay, um, but I'll call him Klein. So Klein, he was a very famous French artist. He was born in the late 1920s. So both of our stories are kind of taking place around the same time. I love it. (laughs) And he was a really prominent figure in the nouveau realism, minimalism, conceptual art, and modern art movements. Oh, love it. So pushing the boundaries type of guy, right? Mm -hmm. So Klein is probably the most well-known for creating his own color. And this is coined International Klein Blue. Oh, is it Pantone color? I IBK. Yeah, it, it's pretty much like the Pantone blue color. Okay. And I just feel like you're a color person. I mean, you have, you know, a background in graphic design, which relies heavily on different colors. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you yes. might have seen like IKB Blue. Vignelli uh, Red. Yeah. Massimo Vignelli Red. Yeah. Because he's a famous graphic designer that just, like, coined his own red color. Exactly. Yeah. Except awesome. this is, you know, he actually mixed up this color with different bindings um, and different, like, paint gums. So he wow. invented this color, essentially. And it's basically, like, a deep blue hue. Like, it looks like a very pure, bright, but deep blue hue. Wow. And so he made this um, body art piece or body art pieces called the Anthropometries, <laughs> kind of a mouthful. Uh-huh. And so for these pieces, the body was used to make the art and the body was used as sort of a tool. And so Klein would make these paintings by using naked women, essentially, and having them be what he, people would call human paintbrushes. And this created really interesting and abstract paintings, which were body art in itself, just because the impression of the body was used to make the shapes and the painting itself. 
So that is body art, but also it was body art because he made the creation of the paintings into this elaborate artistic performance piece as well. So you kind of have two different genres of body art going on. The performance piece and then the aftermath, what you're left with. Okay, so basically they... (laughs) I'll show you a bit. It's kind of hard to picture. They are like stamps, essentially. Yes, yeah, and I'll show you a video. And then they... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a video. So the video makes it, and I hope it doesn't make you uncomfortable because there is obviously nudity in it. It definitely won't. (laughs) I don't look at it in a vulgar way at all, and and maybe that's like, I am a very artistically inclined person, obviously, so I see it in a very artistic, tasteful way. Mm -hmm. Um, So feel free to look this up on YouTube. It's all over if you're listening. I always get... Okay, so I agree with you Mm -hmm. in a way, but there's always like a part of me that is how do i like put this skeptical isn't the right word but like you're skeptical of the intentions maybe yes yeah when it, especially mm-hmm. when it's a male artist uh-huh and that does come up and, and i i will get into that a little bit um but yeah that was an issue with klein and he did get criticism because they're like why are you sneaking out women and having them take off their clothes and basically using them i mean he was calling them human paintbrushes so like basically they're just like an object so totally objectifying but he does have a rebuttal to that which like i said i'll touch on a little bit later um but yeah i I was really mindful of that too because some people could see this as really empowering and some people could see this as downright vulgar and just taking advantage of women in that way and and it's like I, I don't want to be like this, but, like, if it was a woman artist, that would make it different. Yeah. It uh-huh. would make it different, 100%. Like, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And I, you know, I was wondering, why did he use women nude models? Because all of the looking. work is women <laughs> nude models. Yeah, honestly, but no, but see, that is, like, a thing, though. And, yeah. and like, you know, it is, it's something that, you know, people do to use to take advantage of people at yeah times, you know but totally but i'm not saying that's what klein did i'm just saying like you know and that's like for you to decide and again i'll like i'll talk about his intentions but yeah he definitely did receive criticism for that but just in general like when we're talking about like the nude body and whatnot like when i was in college art classes we would take drawing classes and there were a few times that a female nude model would come and we would draw her in different poses. Right. And yeah, the first time it's like a little weird, but you really like learn to appreciate drawing just the human form because yes. it shouldn't be vulgar, icky, or gross. No, in my I, opinion. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. So I'm like, just saying be careful and be yeah, skeptical of men. Be always. skeptical of college guys that are like yeah i'm a amateur photographer i want you to come over so exactly. i can take artistic pictures of you ladies like don't trust guys like that yes <laughs> don't respond to craigslist ads that are looking for female models yeah <laughs> oh god no that's if you listen to our podcast our true crime portion you should know not to do that yes no um but no you know what guys shouldn't do that Shouldn't like take invite creepy. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't be telling like, women over. We shouldn't be telling girls not to do 
that but we should be telling guys oh not to guys do not to prey on place. the girls yeah. yeah it's a sad world we live in it seems backwards you have to teach people to be cautious right you know? um but anyway. so let me just like put a little image in your head okay I love for it. these so for these pieces the body was used to make the art um like i said and in front of an audience, Klein would be donned in a nice suit and bow tie, dressed to the nines, and he would conduct as if he was like the head of a band or orchestra or something, while multiple naked women, who just stood quietly and calmly, I don't think they make any noise whatsoever, hmm. and they're standing in front of a live audience. And this is um, a long time ago, so obviously they're like, you know, a little skeptical of naked women just standing in front of them. Right, because this is like the 20s and 30s, right? Well, yeah, this is more like, I want to say, the 40s. Okay, because he was 50s. born in the 20s. Yeah, so, so I'm sorry, yeah, this is like the mid-50s, mid to late 50s. Okay, still. So yeah, I forgot to mention that earlier, because body, body art was definitely like a big thing in the late 50s slash 60s. Kind of when people were kind of you know, pushing boundaries a little more. Sure. Um, especially in the art world. And so, you know, people were understandably, like, a little taken aback by this performance. But the women would just be... They would undress themselves. There would be these big buckets of paint. And, of course, it was the Klein blue color. Mm-hmm. And they would dip their hands in these large buckets of paint and slather the blue paint all over themselves in a very, like, methodic and almost like trance-like way. It, it's very creepy almost to watch. And then they would go and they would make prints of themselves. So sometimes it would be like a stamping motion. Sometimes it would be like rolling. Sometimes some another woman would grab the feet of another and drag. Just like doing all kinds of mark ma- making, but only using the human body. And Klein, some of the women would be kind of taking their own liberty with this, but Klein would be kind of directing them. But there wasn't a lot of, like, verbal cues or anything going on. It was kind of almost like an unspoken collaboration. It's really bizarre to watch. It's one of the most bizarre things I've probably ever seen. Hmm. <laughs> so it's so interesting. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Just wait until you see the video, and you just get this eerie feeling when you watch it um so and this would leave you know body imprints and it would make really interesting organic and free-flowing shapes that give you the essence of okay this makes me think of femininity and almost like fertility and it makes me think of um just like the human form um but it's in an abstract way they actually look really cool in the end in my opinion And these were a huge key event in just, like, the history of painting and performance art in general because it just really challenged the idea that painting happens on a canvas and then that canvas is shown to an audience at a later time. And it shifted this idea to showing the audience, the artist, in real time, being explicitly involved in the creation, and then showing the creation of the painting as an art piece in itself. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there because I would totally, like, pay to, you know, like, you know, you pay to go to a concert or whatever Um, to watch them play live. I would totally go watch an artist paint. Like, I would sit in the audience and literally just watch someone paint something on the canvas. Like, I would do that. It's, I mean, it's really, 
I feel like people don't appreciate art as a skill as much these days. Where I agree. They do and they don't. They do and they don't because, like, back in the Renaissance times, which obviously things were pretty shitty back then, but they did, like, being an artist was, like, a very renowned thing. Like, if you were known as, like, the Pope's artist that painted in the churches, you were, like, high up in society. Right, and even, like, ads and signs, like, are all hand-painted. Books, manuscripts, all painted by hand. So you were very well regarded as an artist in society. Whereas nowadays, when you say, yeah, I want to be an artist, your parents kind of, like, say, really... Like, is that really what you want to do? Right. You know, um, I've definitely had some family members say that. So, yeah, it is interesting how there's a shift. Yeah, it Um, is interesting. But, yeah. But, anyways, so these anthropometry performances were a huge key event for in the history of painting and performance art. Happening. These happenings. (laughs) I like that word. I do, too. It sounds savvy. (laughs) Um, but Klein is instructing the woman, but essentially each woman takes the role in also being the artist of the piece as well. And some people have criticized his work, saying that he was objectifying women mm-hmm. and using them as instruments to create his work. But all of the women participants would say that Klein treated them really respectfully. It was never in a sexual way. They were all art students themselves, and he treated them like equal collaborators. Uh, collaborators, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just like using them in the way that you might think, and it was never about sexualizing the woman for Klein, but more about just like the relationship w- between the creator and the art piece in like the rawest form. Mm-hmm. And so, I just find it really fascinating to like watch these performances, and I don't know, like, I don't find it distasteful. Basically, they're like old black and white, grainy films of women who are like standing naked calmly and just like intuitively collaborating together Mm -hmm. and it looks kind of goofy at first but it's it really is artistic and there's something very like ritualistic about it almost like interesting i don't know it almost looks like a ritual is going on but anyways so during the performance while the women were making prints of their bodies, musicians stood by and they'd play what was called Klein's monotone symphony. And basically that is just like a single note that's played for 20 minutes straight. And this is by a live band, so it sounds kind of weird. And then that 20 minutes of one note is followed by 20 minutes of silence. And let me play just like a few seconds for you because it does sound really eerie. You can see him like standing up against the blue. Mm -hmm. Such a weird guy. Okay, so that's what would play. And now, let me show you a little bit when the women are getting ready. So you just see them covered in this blue paint. Yeah, it's reminding me of the Blue Man group. Yeah, it does kind (laughs) of. It's the same color blue, isn't it? It totally is. (laughs) But isn't it just, like, so bizarre looking? Like, 
Usually you see an artist like preparing their tools, like their paintbrushes or their pottery wheel. Right. But they're preparing themselves because they are the tool. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe some of you guys are going to be like, Maddie, this is the dumbest art thing ever. But I find it so fascinating. I think it's interesting. But it is... It is out there. It's... Yeah. Definitely watch the video if you're interested because it's hard to explain just the bizarreness of the video. Um, So... Klein, basically, the idea behind these works actually arose from his interest in judo. I guess he was a big judo guy. And he became fascinated with the indentations and marks that were left in the wrestling mat after a judo fighter would fall. And so he was just really fascinated in these marks in the wrestling mat. And after he got the idea to use the human body as a medium in art making, Mm -hmm. he experimented in his friend's apartment in June of 1958. And he had a nude model that went to school with him cover herself in paint and roll across a large piece of paper. And this is like... That sounds fun, but isn't that like exactly what we were saying earlier? Like if a guy's like... Hey, I'm an artist. Yeah. Like, I'll pay you to come take your clothes off, put paint all over your body, and roll on a piece of paper. Yeah. Like, I probably would say no, because that sounds like a psycho. But luckily, it worked out for her, and he was went on to be a famous artist. Yeah. Um, but that's how he started, and after that, he was hooked, and in February of 1960, Klein set up a live audience at his own apartment to premiere this new artistic performance idea he had. And when he gave the signal, the model named Jacqueline undressed and proceeded to cover her naked body in paint and under his direction would press herself against the giant sheet of paper in all these different poses. And basically by doing this, he was reducing the female human figure down to its purest and most simplest forms. Um, because when they press against it, you really only see, like, their hips or their thighs or, you know, they hang off the lady's chest, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Like, from the office. (laughs) Oh, God, I love it. (laughs) So, and Mm. I think that might be why he specifically sought out women to help collaborate with this, because it gives a more artistic, feminine, flowy... Our organic shape to it. I mean, honestly, like, if it were men, men aren't as, like, interestingly shaped as women. Like, not trying to be weird, but, like, in these prints, it's, they're very curvy prints. Yeah, no, these are really cool. Yeah, like, it only captures really where there's extra, you know, where you carry extra body weight. Right. So, which, with women, it's more exaggerated and spread out differently. So sure. I think that might be part of why he sought out women Mm -hmm. um but that one's so cool like it almost looks like a body in motion that other one like someone jumping oh wait oh this one yeah yeah Yeah, super interesting um and this got him really famous i know right like hey date night with your you know (laughs) with your significant other like have a bottle of wine get a big piece of paper and like Uh, just this sounds kind of fun. Roll around though. a little. Just roll around in some paint, like a pig in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, no, but um, yeah, it's really. Cool. This is like art, really artistic and cool. Um, but just to end it, so when Klein talked about this work, um, he wanted to reduce the human body to its pure essential, 
And he said that he uh, called it the most concentrated expression of vital energy imaginable. And it was his belief that the model's impressions represented the health that brings humans into being and that their presence in the work transcends personal presence. So wow. to summarize it, it all it's all about adding a personal and raw touch to the piece from the artist themselves. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like he has this message of fertility and health and life um, because he is using kind of voluptuous bodies. Yeah, for so, sure. But yeah, that's Yair Zeeves Klein and his weird naked body paint I love artworks. it. I think it looks so cool. I love it too. I don't know what it is about it, but it's an, it's an art piece that stuck with me. I learned about it years ago and now it, it will be stuck with you. That's why I like this podcast because I feel like so many of these th- random like pieces of information I acquire... And they just stick with me. And now I get to tell other people them. Yeah. And maybe have an effect on them. Like, maybe they'll remember this years down the road because I told them about it. Totally. And the same with the true crime stuff. Yeah. Like, it, you know, stories do stick with you. And maybe somebody will retell, like, one of these stories. And we had an influence on that conversation. It's just interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool because I definitely... Had a couple people reach out about last week's episode. Yeah. So, or I keep saying uh, last week, but it was two weeks ago. Yeah. But, yeah. The last episode I put out, so like, yeah, I was about Travis the Chimp, and I went to my brother's uh, that following weekend, and he listens to the podcast, which makes me so happy. I'm like, oh, he actually listens. Uh-huh. Hi, Jake. Hey, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and he got a new VR headset, uh-huh. and one of the things on there, he's like, Maddie, you have to try <laughs> this. And he put it on my head, and it was a bunch of different primates, like, oh, walking no. up to you. And I was like, <laughs> of course. Uh, so there's, and it looks so realistic. So there's, like, this uh, fake VR chimpanzee walking up to me and just standing next to me and I was like this is so cool I can see like how big Travis would be compared to me like oh my gosh I don't want to see that it I was know. oh <laughs> it was so it was honestly like a little scary just because I had you know monkey Fresh ripping off mind. face on the brain yeah but like it was really cool at the same time but yeah people have been asking me about Travis the chimp this past week and yeah I don't got nothing to say I just it's, it's people have still said shocking. It's, it's the best one. <laughs> I, I think it really was the best story. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> so if you good. haven't listened to it, check out last week's and yes. uh, let us know what you think. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, leave us a rating. Leave us a rating. Or please. a review. Leave yeah. us a review on Give iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> please. And... and yeah. Reach out to us if you want to hear something. Yeah, you should. Oh, I was talking to my friend Abby. Shout out to Abby because she listens to, I think, most of the episodes. Yes, I finally met, got to meet oh, Abby. Oh, yeah, that's right. She's so awesome. Hi, God. Abby. <laughs> Honestly, like, we, sh- we all need to hang out together because we all have a lot in common. It's yeah. so nice, like, introducing two friends because I'm really good friends with you, obviously, and Abby. Yeah. So it's like, it's only natural that you guys become friends now. Right. <laughs> yeah. But like... Let's get a girl gang going. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but like, Abby was talking about the Chris Watts case with me, which, are you familiar with the Chris Watts case? Mm-mm. So it's a really bad case out of Colorado. It's a murder case. And she and I are both obsessed with it. So I might ask her to come on sometime. And then we can talk about the Chris Watts case. That would be amazing. So yeah. yeah. Then y'all 
Walking Me Abbey. That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, reach out if you want to hear a case or an art topic that you want to hear about. Or if you're an artist and you want to come on. Yeah, we're super chill. Come hang out with us, please. Yeah. <laughs> We've so. got Zoom. We can make it work. Yeah, totally. So. But yeah, you will hear from us next time. Yes. In two weeks. Two weeks. And until then, stay safe. And yeah, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> see ya. Yeah.